we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is episode 82 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Muffin James as Celtic finally found their shooting boots up the back of the wardrobe and dished out a 6-1 hammer of hibs at Celtic Park. Muff, it's been a tricky wee spell in recent weeks, so it was good to get back amongst the goals. It certainly was, Tino. Hello to yourself, Tino. Hello, James. Hello, dear listeners and viewers. Um, yes, very much a, a relief, albeit that you did feel it was coming sooner rather than later because... We were still making the chances, it was just really a case of putting them away. Yeah, and on that James, you, you know, we'll take 6-1 all, all day long, but you think Hibs actually got off a bit lightly on the day? I think they didn't play that badly, but at the same time Celtic could have scored two or three more and you couldn't have really complained about it. So, yeah, I suppose it could have gone either way. It could have been slightly less than 6-1, but it could have also been 10-1. Yeah. No complaints about the goal we lost. It'd be nice to keep a clean sheet for confidence and stuff like that, but fairly decent reply by them. No, decent because they, they kind of rolled the dice and changed the tactics at half-time and it, it became a very stretched game as a result, but I think that showed and isn't really one for shoring up once we, we go ahead. We were, we were quite happy to fight fire with fire at that point, but no, Hibs goal was a, a very well-taken goal. Yeah. yeah. So what we'll do, we'll have a look in a bit more detail at the Hibs game first of all, and we cannot do that, Muff. Without covering man of the moment, James Forrest. I know you'll be delighted. So, I mean, this section's for you primarily. This is what you've been Thank looking you. forward to since Thank we started you. the podcast way back when. But before I give you the floor, I'm going to give you some James Forrest stats to get you really excited. So, Forrest made his debut for Celtic way back in the 1st of May 2010 as a sub in a 4-0 league one against Motherwell. He also scored the first of his 100 goals for the club that day. A tidy finish after a flick on by Mark Antoine Fortuny. Oh, mind that guy. Since that day, he's picked up 20 trophies for Celtic. That's 10 league titles, 5 Scottish Cups, 5 League Cups, and only three men in Celtic's history have picked up more trophies, being Bobby Lennox, Billy McNeil and Scott Brown. Saturday's hat-trick was his 98th, 99th and 100th goals for Celtic, and he now joins an exclusive list of just 30 players to reach that milestone for the club. The list includes guys like Jimmy McGrory, Henrik Larsson, Kenny Dugleish, Jimmy Johnson and Frank McGarvey, who was there to witness James joining the list on Saturday. In addition to his goal-scoring exploits, he also now has 99 assists for Celtic, and it's surely, Muff, surely, just a matter of time before he joins the 100 club there as well. Go for it. <laughs> what, what can you really say? I, I saw the a photo today of uh, none other than Dio Mancy Camera celebrating with him after that, that first goal. Yep. Um, certainly he's had a bit of a glow-up, as the kids call it, um, since then. Much more styled uh, hairdo. But, I've, really, I've just really enjoyed watching him over the years and watching him evolve there, there was a time when you thought his Celtic career was over just as Ronnie Dyla was departing yeah, I think Forrest contract was, was finishing the year after that and a lot of chat was that he was was going to be on his way um, but Rogers arrival at Celtic really did seem to revitalise Forrest's career competition with Patrick Roberts over a couple of years seemed to really spur him on as well and he became a major part of Rogers um, Rogers' team I, I just think he, I understand why he divides opinion because wingers often do they, they just don't do enough in a game for some people and I get that and understand it um, it was always levelled at him that he went missing in big games or against Rangers specifically that was that was an early criticism of him he soon put that to, to bed uh, under under Rogers but one of my, my favourite players of, of recent years and one that I hope 
has, has still got a lot to offer us in, in, in the coming seasons because he still looks fit and seems to really value the fact that he's still in the squad and that he's still there. Uh, so for me, yeah, just uh, it was great to be there to witness it. Uh, I said on the post-match, that sort of reaction when he scored the first goal, there, there was a real, almost like a warmth that came for, for the stands. It, it was really just, I think everybody just wants something to do well. He's had a really tough time at the past 18 months with injury and, and you know, it's been interrupted, I'd, I'd say. Um, so yeah just delighted and probably what, what pleases me most is the fact that I, I know how much it's sticking in your two's crawl <laughs> doesn't bother me enough. I'm always delighted for a guy like that we could just spend another I don't know 45-50 minutes letting you do that you're getting quite quite into it and quite emotional oh, I, could, I could start at the start it's absolutely fine yeah. absolutely fine yeah. so Forrest signed a three year extension James going into the tail end of last season so he's going to be around for another couple of years and a bit yet how do you think he fared on Saturday I mean he, he was very much the man of the moment and it's it's interesting you know the 18 months out of injuries he's not let that kind of lesser players would just say well that's the career done um, he'll have made plenty of money he could just go and take it easy but some interesting stats I saw the day so I think it's his 14th season of playing you know if you can clean the end of the left, that one and start this one and he scored 30 of his goals 30 of his 100 goals pre-Rogers for 7 seasons and 70 in the last seven, so he's, scored, aye, so he's he's I suppose maturity, experience, all that kind of stuff. He's it, it's not like he's, he was flashing the pan. He's just kind of you know hanging around. He's scored a lot of his goals in, in the latter stages of his Celtic career, the second half of his Celtic career. So it, he's a man of a lot of experience, Champions League included. So I think I just referenced that. You know that he wants to have guys like that around because it's only really him and uh, McGregor can can offer that as a, as a Celtic player. So, great to have around for there. I think he's going to be the guy off the bench. I think we know that. And he'll have, you know, contributions to make in that time. That's kind of it for me. Like, you know, delighted for him. And the warmth. That's plenty from him. The, the warmth in the stands. I totally agree, Miff. But can you tell me one thing he did in Saturday apart from score those three goals? That's enough of that. I tell you what I'll do. It. I'll, you mentioned Ange and, and what he said about James Forrest. So, there's a, a nice quote from him. So, he said, it's exactly why we wanted to keep him at this football club. A successful squad is made of many parts. People sometimes don't understand that. They think it's just about getting some players together. Everyone makes a different kind of contribution. I knew James at some point this year would be an important player for us. He's been chipping away at it. He hasn't had a lot of game time, but over the last few weeks, every time he's come on, he's made an impact. He was ready today, and I know there's more to come. And I think Andrew's, anytime he's been asked about James Forrest, he's spoke well of him, spoken well of him. And he obviously sees what he does day to day, day in, day out at Lennox Town and what he brings to the party. And you can't discount the experience that James Forrest brings as well. You know, he's he's now the longest serving player in the dressing room. Must be. I think so. Um, 2010 was a long, long time ago. As you say, it's, it's 14 seasons at senior football. I think Paul McStay exceeds his record at 16 seasons he scored. And there was somebody else, like a, an old school 13 seasons. figure. Uh, no, beyond Paul McStay, beyond. 18 I think it is. Again, I should really do what you've done, James, and do my research before the shows. Read stuff. Um, Mav, what kind of contribution do you think he's got to make over the remainder of his contract? Then he's got two and a half years to go. Um, Saturday was a, a real timely reminder that he still got something to offer. And to Ange's point, you just seen something a wee bit different about James Forrest when he came off the bench the last couple of games. He just looked like he was that wee bit sharper. Has he got a big part to play this season? Well, that was the most notable thing for me. If you're running a squad where players require to be in form if someone does what Forrest did for the past two games and, and show a distinct bit of sharpness and offering something different he's probably a bit more direct uh, I'd say maybe be similar to Abaddon in the sense that he's a goal scoring winger rather than yep. you know somebody that's like Jota or Haksabanovic that's absolutely dying to take people on I think where Forrest will be best utilised is when Giacomacchus starts because Forrest's crossing was always his main asset and he's now got somebody who's hungry to stay between the posts and attack the ball when it's, when it's in there. I think that's... If Giacomacchus starts, I think Forrest will have a better chance of starting just because I think he can provide for him. What's he got to offer? Just more of what we've seen in, in, in the past three games. He's, he's sharp, he's intelligent and he's experienced. The, the key thing for me about Forrest is he's been over the course and distance when you're getting into these slogs over the, the period of the championship, getting into the winter months going and you know, getting your three points, getting out of dodge. 
he's got that ability to conjure up moments that provide assists and provide goals. So I think a guy like him being around the squad is, is critical, absolutely critical. You mentioned there about um, him and McGregor being the only ones with Champions League experience with Celtic. Those are all very significant things. Being a previous multiple title winner with Celtic, multiple cup winner with Celtic as well, is important to have in the dressing room to impart that on the others that come into the squad. So, listen, I'm just so happy and delighted for him because he's, he's one of my favourite players. And it's it's happening to know that the manager seems to, to, to rate him so highly. Yeah, 10 league titles. That is incredible. You know, five Scottish, five league, and that's fine. Five league cups, sorry. But 10 league titles for Celtic is huge. And but listen, there's a chance to leave with 12 or maybe even 13. So good luck to James as he continues to pick up the trophies. Um, moving on from James Forrest at the moment. So a few key talking points about Saturday. We'll not talk about the, the blow by blow. So the three of us obviously done the, the post-match show and that's available at the moment for free. So if anyone wants to check that out. Um, Matthew, you'd mentioned Jack Amakis and I'll come to you first on this point. Is he now building a serious case for being the starting number nine at Celtic? Yes, I, I would say so, yes. Okay then. Next topic, James, <laughs> shall, shall we do that? I agree with him. Um, I think it's, he staked his claim to get his run, you know. Um, I don't think there's ever a lot you can pick between Jack and Marcus and uh, the wee man, you know, so it's always been, I thought there's not much between them. They offer different things, but the moment we don't seem to be supplying Kyogo, much and you know it seems to be going out to the wings rather than coming through uh, the centre and that definitely suits Jack and Marcus much more got his two goals on Saturday so you can't take your jersey off him yeah although he did as in Ange did take the jersey off him after he scored the winner at St Johnson Ange will do what he likes he will but aligned to the fact that Kyogo's scored one and nine you've got to kind of leave that you know update one and ten so in terms of the stats at the moment Jack and Marcus he's got six goals for the season so far couple of good finishes as you mentioned on Saturday zero goals in Europe for Celtic zero goals against Rangers for Celtic it's worth noting um, but Kyogo he's got seven goals for the season but notably only one in the last ten across all competitions so I mean when it comes to the stats Smith they're much of a muchness but Giacomacchus has found a bit more recent form yeah wanting Giacomacchus to start is in no way a slight yeah. Kyogo because Kyogo came off the bench and looked very very sharp and for a time they were on the pitch together which which doesn't happen very often and any time they have been on the pitch together it looks very good dynamic between them I think you know for home games you could get away with playing Kyogo's, Kyogo's a 10 I don't necessarily see that as being a big issue I think he's intelligent enough to be able to drift into midfield and um, play within that shape so I think that would be something worth trying but the way that we play you know, given that they've passed up a lot of chances, um, goals have been at a premium recently. I, I think it's just worth a sustained run for Jackie Marcus because when he plays, he seems to have a really good habit of scoring goals. Yeah. The next two games, obviously, were at Fir Park on Wednesday night in Tynecastle on Saturday. Two tough venues, two places where it could get quite physical. Is it all the more reason for Jackie Marcus? Yeah, he, that's a game he thrives on. You know, even when you reference these no goals against Rangers, he still played huge parts in those games with his physicality, you know, and he did it on Saturday as well. He's running two defenders. When uh, Haxabanovic puts the ball in for Forrest to score his first goal, it's because Giacomacchus is pulling two guys out of the way with his physicality. So, um, particularly Hearts on Saturday, but Motherwell as well. They've got a few you know, big lumps at the back. So, yeah, I, I think he's that, that adds to his, his case there. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. The game against Motherwell, it's important, of course, as any game for Celtic is, and it's the League Cup, the first trophy that Ange won, but Saturday at Tynecastle is the more important, so it'll be interesting to see if he starts him on Wednesday or if he just bides his time with him and, and puts him in for Saturday. No, I think he'll, he'll start both, because he's got that rotation at 60 minutes if he wants it, um, and maybe he will be quite strict on the 60 minutes and not keep him, keep him on past that, so he's fresh for Saturday. Yeah. OK, so let's see how that goes. James, you asked a question on Saturday um, in terms of the post-match, so he's been mentioned briefly there, Sead Haksabanovic. He's now starting to get much more game time, and he's proven why Ange was so keen to get him to the club in the first place. He offers versatility across a number of positions, you know, in that front line. The question, more or less, paraphrasing, but Miff, is Sead Haksabanovic the new Jota? Um, he's very good. Whether he's the new Jota or not, you know, time, time will tell, I would say. It. I think they're two different players, in, in my opinion. Um, Jota very much an out-and-out -out winger. 
Haksabanovic a bit less, so I think you could see him probably. I preferred him where he played against St Johnson, where he was central and yeah. able to drive at the defence for a central position because he's got the ability to play the kind of through balls as well. So I, 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 w- I would be holding off and calling him the new the new Jot. I think Jot has done more than enough to earn a bit of credit with his all. I think the European campaigns led to a few holes being, being picked in him in terms of what he offers defensively, but if you've got somebody like Jot in your team, you're not really asking him to be tracking back and things like that. The team should be built and structured in a way where it allows for Jota's skills to be looked after in the final third. I think with Haksabanovic, he's just he's somebody that gets bums off seats. He just looks like such an exciting player. Um, I, I really, really like him. Really like him, really rate him. That touch that he took um, on on Saturday when the ball was, you know, it was crossfield. Vickers had pinged a crack pass out to him, but he, he was he was swirling in the air and he, he he backed it and he's managed to kind of turn his turn his body around and get the left foot out. Just wonderful, wonderful, great footballer, and and so happy that we've got him and I tied up my fairly lengthy contract. Yeah, and he's only twenty three years of age, so yep. still a very young man. I mean, James, he's shown a lot of creativity. He obviously got the assist for James Forrest's first goal there on Saturday. And I think he's maybe just missing a goal to kick things off for him. Yeah, I mean that, that that's where you would if you're going to separate himself and, and Jota anywhere. It'd be there Jota can score some cracking goals, not least this season. He scored an absolute, you know, he scored a few absolute belters. But yeah, that's that's one thing he, he's caught his eye on a few times, and I think goals will certainly come for him. But at the moment, we're getting to enjoy the fruits of his labour in terms of he, he's probably becoming our most reliable go past a guy player he can do that he can drop the shoulder he's got a quick kind of five yards on him but then he's he's delivery after that when he finds himself a bit of space he's able to put it on someone's toe it's not just like speculative chuck it in the box like you no know, Forrest goal on Saturday was just like there you are just slot it in yeah so e- even James Forrest couldn't miss that one oh that is not what I mean can I just say though James I love your categories I've always loved your categories for we done the double shoulder guy Go past that. Go past the guy. Go past the player. He's your most reliable. Go past the player. Player. Love that. Love that. So we'll just add that to you. See that end of the season. End of the season awards. Yeah, I know he's going to win it. (laughs) For Hanks Ivanovic, I mean, where do you see him slotting in? If you know if it's cup final tomorrow, all things being equal, everybody fit and available. Is your front three something like Jota, Hanks Ivanovic, and Kyogo, or or where do you see it all playing out? Um. Like I said, I think he offers something central as well. So you could you could see him as part of midfield three, depending on who that that three is. You know, Arely Hatati Haksabanovic, I'd be I'd be fine with that. You missed out Moy there. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, what about you, James? Where do you see him fitting in? Is he is he part of our strongest eleven? I think if you were looking for and every week what, what your lineup would be, and if let's say Kyogo Jakimakis, you know, alternates kind of thing, Jotin left Haksabanovic in the right. Gives you an awful lot, and also I'd be switching them wherever I could, you know, to let them just you know shake up defenders and stuff. I think that's kind of where where they are. If O'Reilly is is playing in the sixes, he did on Saturdays. He did, you know, in, with uh, who was he with him? No, he played the six on. Played six against Leipzig and St. Johnson the week yeah. before. So and very very comfortable in it. Um, and interesting having a player, a more flair player in that role. You know, it seems to give the team a bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. This seems to really work. So if he's there. Then I, I, with you, Muff, I, I think he's very comfy. You know, playing in an advanced role as a kind of floating ten. So that's the big thing, and that's probably why Ange wanted him as, as much as he did because the versatility within him. So left, right, or central. Yeah, very much so. I've also clocked the fact that he's got the name Haksabanovic tattooed right across his neck, which is just in case handy if you lose him <laughs> in the Christmas night out, I suppose. But it's a it's an interesting look. Um, not a very talented player, and I think. Maybe, you know, there's not a lot of football to be played between now and the World Cup break, but maybe we'll see the best of him on the other side of that, you know, if he remains fit and available. Um, but a very exciting talent and it's great to have him here for the, the longer term. The last question, I suppose, you know, we've talked about, you know, Jack and Marcus V. Kyogo to an extent there, Haksabanovic and Jota being compared. Left back, Miff, don't get upset. Right? You've had your moment with James Forrest here. I know well, that you're win them all. You're also a huge Greg Taylor fan, but... Bernabé's come in, he's had to bide his time, but he's now starting to make an impact at Celtic and you know, he's chipped in with another assist there at the weekend. A very good assist, by the way, for Jack Amakis and the same, uh, he assisted the same player for that big winner against St. Johnson. So he's playing a key role now, he's not just coming in as a gesture, he's starting to have an impact. 
Is he now chapping the doormuff as the starting left back? No. Uh, although, what you did get me thinking there is I've obviously got a type. Fit guys, fair sure. <laughs> um, I would, I would say that for for me, Bernabe is different to Taylor. Fit you guys, fair sure. waiting for your call now. Jam <laughs> at that door. That's um, a different show, I guess. No, I I think I just think that um, you know, t- Taylor, I think is more defensively savvy and solid, but Bernabe is better in the final third that, that's how I would describe it so it, it will be horses for courses as it is with Ange you know he won't be afraid we mentioned earlier but Jackie Marcus scores a, an injury time winner in the most remarkable circumstances drop next Dropped. game if, if Ange feels Burnaby's got to be more use he'll play him if he thinks Taylor's got to be more use he'll play him he doesn't play favourites I think it's just brilliant we've got the options that we've got for both full back roles I saw some wild takes about Juranovic um, you know wild was takes. it from James? Uh, I, I like Juranovic do you? I think he's all form you've got a funny way I've not seen any particularly well takes he was quite right about his second half performance um, against Leipzig I didn't have any issue with that but just you know the whole it's almost like a lot of certainly online it's so black and white that you need to pick one or the other when it comes to your right back your left back your centre forward you know play whoever's most suited to the opposition that you're playing simple it's as that funny we're still having these debates and Ange's told us and showed us for a year and a half that that's not how it is anymore no. you know yeah. it's, it, it's, but it's, it's ingrained in the psyche of the football, football fans certainly fan. Scottish football fans it's, you know it's got to be that team or no team at all and you're like yeah. Geese, yeah. Geese. It's, it's one or other Aye, and, and nothing geese, else geese. Um, the interesting thing about Burnaby is that I think Celtic have managed them well I mentioned again in the post-match that he's had a couple of issues a couple of notable issues and you know, front page of the paper, round back page and all that stuff. But he's now, where are we? Mid-October. And he's now, it just seems that the Celtic have got it right. They've just got the balance right. He's, he's Celtic's first ever Argentine. So he's moved from, you know, all the way from South America. And what he does offer now, whether it's, you know, it's not quite as black and white as him versus Greg Taylor, but he offers a, a, a very solid alternative. Yeah, it's, it's different as well. I mean, I would... First of all, say, initially defensively, I wasn't sure about him at all. thought he was just a winger that we'd put a left back. I thought on Saturday, he was really strong with the back. Um, he did quite a few challenges. He you know, held up well, defended well, and then set on his way to, to build attacks. He doesn't invert, which is quite interesting. You know, he's more kind of an overlapping left back. I didn't see much inversion from him, whereas Taylor has taken a year to absolutely perfect that. He's, he's just so, so good at it. So it might come down to games where Ange feels he's going to be more, you know, there's more width than requirement for for inversion, you know. What's the opposite of inversion? I was trying to think while you were talking. Extraversion? Outversion? Yeah. Extraversion. Extraversion, yeah. Aye. So he's he's the extroverted left fullback. We'll come back to you. No? Aye. Aye. <laughs> we'll email you about I, that one. I prefer to overlap him. Overlap will do it. Makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. I've havered a bit there. So I've mentioned a few times, but regular listeners will know that we provide additional content to subscribers with our pre- and post-match episodes for every Celtic game. And for a short time, we're making these shows completely free on our regular podcast feed to allow non-subscribers a chance to check them out and enjoy those episodes for themselves. So on that note, you can now listen to our full Hibs post-match show with myself, Miff and James. That's available now. And for more information and subscription options, visit the theCelticExchange.supercast.com. Miff, all those additional shows are available for substantially less than the price of a macaroni pie and a Capri Sun at Celtic Park. Certainly, certainly the, the current price of a macaroni pie. So what you're saying is that's more myth for nothing? More myth for nothing at the moment. For now. So uh, I can't give me away. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying our best to give myth away. And then if you like myth, you can pay for them. So. Easy, easy. I don't, I don't like your theme the way this, this, <laughs> this episode's gone, lads. We may need to edit a few things about. Um, moving forward, so on our most recent show, we introduced our mystery Celt feature, which has gone down pretty well with listeners and online, so we'll be continuing that here. Resident expert Paddy absolutely nailed the last one after one, one clue. So that was, of course, Georgios Samaras. What we're asking listeners to do is tweet their answers to us at Exchange using the hashtag MysteryCelt. And in the meantime, I'll put Miff and James here to the test. Don't worry as well, the answers that they'll give here will be bleeped out for anyone looking to play along at home. Are you ready? Can we just pretend we got it right then? No, because no. Right, okay. Miff, you ready? You look focused. 
Ah, yeah. The problem was with the last one, right? I'm, I'm not saying I would necessarily go. No, 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 no. But the big man was right in there, like he always is, big and paddy and everything. And then <laughs> that was that was me. I was just trying to be contrarian, hinky hoot, with somebody different. Was it right? No, big man was right straight away. No, yeah, big bugger. Just don't do that this right. time. Just yeah, give me the last one. My fist is right up your street. Yeah. So clue number one. On Saturday, I scored my 98th, 99th and 100th goals for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Matt, I'm kidding you. Enough, James Forrest, for one Keys day. Peace. Proper clue number one. I made my debut for Celtic in a 2 0 League One at Celtic Park against Dundee United in August 2005. Not a huge deal to go on there, but mm. anyone jumping out? Mm. Mm, would you like to name who that is? Okay. Uh, clue number two, I was the SPL Player of the Year for the 2006-2007 season. <laughs> Look at the wee man. <laughs> oh, smug. And clue number three, I will retire from football when my club plays its last game of the season this weekend. So he's still playing, having made his debut for Celtic in 2005. So it will be beeped out, but Miff is the new paddy. He's got oh, that there after one oh, clue. Oh, it took a big man not to turn up. Well done. Uh, so James, not unfortunately but Miff came in with a, a very solid answer good to go uh, moving forward so a lot of talk after the 2-0 defeat by Leipzig at Celtic Park last week about where we are in Europe and many folks seem either unable or unwilling to see the progress under Ange you know people looking very closely at individual results losing on the night is disappointing we were all frustrated with the you know poor conversion of chances but you need to take a step back in my opinion at times to, to look at the bigger picture keeping in mind that last season we were knocked out the conference league by Bodo Glimt and the season before we lost 4-1 twice to Sparta Prague home and away oh. in the Europa League <laughs> James bigger picture stuff as I say but are you happy with where we're current, we currently are and do you see genuine signs of progress in Europe yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the first thing is to completely separate us, separate us from teams who weren't in their games last week. Um, Scottish media would like to draw us into that vortex. And we're who do you mean, James? Other teams <laughs> in Europe. Um, we're, we're nowhere Hearts. near that. We're just nowhere near that. You know, Angie's point is is the most salient one. We're in all those games, and it, even if you take Leverkusen at home last year, not in that game whatsoever. The, the progress we've made since from, from then till now is, is nothing short of remarkable. We're obviously not there yet because you don't get any prizes for slaps in the back and you know you bring the game but you get beat 2-0 or 3-0 or 3-1. But it's it's coming, you know, and wherever this season ends up, Europe-wise, next season we'll go closer again and then we'll really start to, to make things work. It's just, I'm very happy with the progress, disappointed with the results, but we know where we're going. That seems very balanced and fair, James. It'll never take off. Balanced and fair, man. Myth? Well, just going through the Celtic Exchange Almanac, I believe that is the first mention of salient and vortex. <laughs> certainly, in <the> same, <laughs> certainly in the same breath. So, uh, well done, James. Thanks, Enjoyed man. that. Um, like you say, Tino, there doesn't seem to be room for balance. You can be happy with the progress, disappointed with the results. You know, how is progress measured? I think it's measured by how competitive we are in the games now there will be people that say football's all about winning you don't get anything for taking part all that nonsense we actually get quite a bit of money for taking part in the Champions League but that aside the the fact is I've been to the games under Lennon and under Rodgers where we have hardly touched the ball in a home game against really good opposition and sometimes not really that good opposition now we are seeing just as much of the ball as the opposition, creating really good chances and just not taking them. That's a different problem to have rather than just being completely steamrolled or run over. Yeah. So I, I think I think you've got an agenda if you say there's no progress. I, I mean, there's a case there and you're right in the face there this week with Neil Lennon's, uh, is it Omnia Nicosia? Is that how yep, you pronounce yep, it? Yep. Against Man United. Now, there's serious levels between those two clubs, but the point remains that Lennon just went and parked the bus in the the most blatant way the goalie had the game of his life and pulled out save after save and guys are throwing themselves at the ball and all that stuff and all that energy but ultimately they lose the game and I suppose the question is to to some fans is would you like us to do that? would you like us to do that against Real Madrid where it is the worst watch of your life it is horrendous viewing no enjoyment out of it 
And maybe, maybe, maybe once in a blue moon get a draw or even a win. Would you like to see Ange taking selfies at the Bernabeu? <laughs> it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Aye. Uh, that's maybe a side show for another, another day. Um, we spoke about this in the flight out to Leipzig. Sorry, couldn't make it, Miff. Um, that we could go along those lines of just saying, right, we need to get points in this game. Doesn't matter about, you know, next week, next month, next quarter, whatever, this game. And with Lennon, we beat. Barcelona and we beat Lazio and they were huge games and we loved them and we celebrated them like you wouldn't believe Lazio in particular, not that I'll ever feel sorry for Lazio but they can't believe they get nothing from those games right, but what did we learn as a team from those games, Barca and Lazio nothing, it didn't change anything we didn't build anything, it wasn't getting into the the culture of the club, culture club culture club, but with Ange is it's, it's the whole culture he's built and he's he's happy to go and play his game and you know show that we can compete in these games even if we don't get the the win, the draw or the goals that we require because he knows that will come. It's it's just medium to long-term thinking versus immediate thinking. It's exactly that. Ange isn't just looking at these individual games and saying, right, we really, really need to get a point against Leipzig, for example. And listen, while we're on, I've, I've no problem with Lennon taking the approach he took with the resources oh. he has available of course he has to do that yeah. but Angie's looking at the bigger picture and saying well hold on a minute we've got some talent on our team I'll be adding more in January and more again next summer all going well and the only way this current crop of players are going to get better at doing what I want them to do is to keep doing it and keep practising it so anyone can park the bus did, did you see Lennon's reaction to the boy when he didn't square it the boy Bruno didn't square it did you see it? No, no I, 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 I've seen it a million times before. <laughs> I will. I won't be happy. No, kicking the water balls. I wasn't happy. Mickey Johnson's seen it before. Uh, well, I, that's what it made me think. Actually, um, I really knew he wasn't happy, but I'd, I'd have been really happy for him to get a. I was watching, hoping he would get something. Um, there's been a couple of folk making comparisons between Celtic and Club Bruges based on the fact that Club Bruges are currently top of Group B with ten points, and that's a group with Porto, Atletico Madrid, and Bayer Leverkusen. Initially, I was annoyed at the comparison, but actually, in a very general way, I like this comparison because I would also like to be where Club Bruges are in two, three, four seasons, right? This is their fourth season in a row in the group stages, which shows you this isn't an overnight fix. By all accounts, they, they barely picked up a point first time around and a few more points and a few more points and here we find themselves in season four, top of a group, and they're going to go through to the last 16. Just as a, a caveat, they signed a striker, uh, Roman Yaremchuk from Benfica for 14 million, so that'll help. Uh, and they've got a midfielder, Rafael Onyedika from Michelin for 9 million, so that's all mm. part of it as well. But maybe Ange looks to a club Bruges who are, they're not an elite European club, you know, they're not in the top 12, 16, or even beyond in terms of the, you know, the big hitters at the Champions League level. But is there any reason, James, why we can't be that club? Maybe next season's too soon, but. And she's spoken about wanting to make sure that we are a bona fide Champions League club in terms of we at least qualify every year and then we build and we build and we build. What do you think of the prospect of us at some point topping the group in a few years to come? We're going to see something from Ange and Ange's Celtic that we haven't seen yet in maybe January, but probably summer, where the guys that we love at the moment are going to go and they're going to go for big money and it's going to be the second iteration of, of Ange's team and he'll keep core guys that he knows are, are reliable and he'll replace guys that go and if you're selling someone for 30, 40 million maybe you know we've got guys that are potentially in that bracket can you then sign the 14 million striker the 9 million pound midfielder because you're doing it with your own money mm -hmm. so th that's going to be really interesting so we absolutely we can expect to be where, where Bruges are but it's got to be by following the plan and not you know doing things like parking the bus completely derails that because it changes the psyche of the team and it changes the exposure of these guys to, to showcase their talents to get signed for 30, 40 million. So, absolutely. Yeah, and I think at the moment it's it's not a fair comparison. It's not comparing apples with apples because maybe if we look at Celtic in 2024, whatever that looks like, and compare that with the current Bruges, then that's fair. But right now, you know, Bruges have probably had a two, three years of painful European experience to get where they are now. What do you think, Muff? Where do you think we stack up? Um... The, the Bruges comparison, I, I see why why it's made. It, it's it's a fairly obvious one for the point of view that you're you're looking further down the road, and you just want to fast forward to that point. But I, I see that the 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 phrase that keeps being used by Ange is this can't be fast tracked. 
mm. and it's quite important to, to keep that in mind whilst we the the competitive nature of football means that you want to win every game I think you're quite right to say there is a bigger picture at play here I think the difference in this occasion is we've got a manager in place and players in place that we believe are going to be here for the longer haul than maybe what they've been in the past there will be some players that, that turn over as, as James really points out but I think there's a core here that, that are going to be with us for the journey and but as long as Angie's at the helm and we have targets identified to replace the key players I don't see any reason why we won't go on a, a similar sort of trajectory as, as, as Alexa Bruges it's the aim, that, that has to be the aim for us to consistently be a Champions League club because it's the only way we're going to progress as a club because it's going to give us access to revenues that we can't get domestically it is that simple. It all feeds into the same thing. Um, if you're not at the table, you're not going to be able to continue to be at the table because you just won't be bringing in the revenues that's required to attract the types of players that you need to be at the table. So it's a lot of tables. Um, it's, it's, well, well, it's just the one table. It's just the same table. It's not a difference. Whether you're at it or not. Um, but you need to be at it. <laughs> so the, it's all. Listen, Angie's a man. As far as I'm concerned, yes, he. It's pretty body minded, but I think you need you need that. That that would if I ever had the chance to have a five, ten minute chat with him, that would be what I'd ask is just how 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 do you remain so so focused and single minded? What what gives you that belief? Because the, in in your moments after the game, certainly after the two Leipzig games, you must be sitting there thinking No point. Do I do I do I change just tweak something a wee bit? Do I sit with Tino's majestic double pivot or you know, something of that nature? But Apparently not. Apparently you double down and you play Matt O'Reilly in the six. <laughs> you know, it's just like, let's go for it, lads. I think it is just unwavering belief in his own system. Mm, yeah. And, and, and he won't be from it. Yeah. But so. This isn't Angie's <laughs> first couple of years in management. He's been doing this for 25 plus yeah. years. So he's he's seen how this plays out. And obviously he's now taken it to a different uh, competition, you know, a different level. But he still believes in it fundamentally. And there'll be tweaks to the system and there'll be guys come in, guys go out and, you know, adjustments here and there. But you know, as an overarcher, he very much believes in what he's doing. Absolutely. Can I go slightly off-piste? Just slightly. You're going to do it anyway. Just ever slightly. Have you seen some of the clips coming for the DVD? You yeah. Know? Oh, I saw it. Beaton, saw Beaton, Beaton Rogic, yeah. seen that? Yeah. Quite emotional. Bit emotional. Yeah. Bit emotional. <laughs> Question on that. And, for, and did you also go? see, uh, just to go back to Lennon as well, so it's just to bring a slight tad of relevancy, somebody put on the difference and I don't I don't think it's very fair right? I don't, I don't think it's very that. fair however what I did think was funny was Angie's face when he saw, when he was asked the question tomorrow, tomorrow I think off. they'd tomorrow off and he just done that like, <laughs> pure growler <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant it was after we won the league at Tannadice and Juranovic dared to ask the question about the day off and he did not get that day off just a question um, again maybe a, a bit of a tangent James you got a DVD player in the house if I do I don't know what it is <laughs> I don't know how this continues media-wise. So they've brought out the, the We Never Stop DVD. I'd love to get it, but I've nothing to do with it. I would just stick it on a shelf because I'm also without DVD yeah. player. Surely there must be a solution in the modern age, uh, I don't know, tying in with a Netflix or a something. The boys have got a Xbox or a PS5, so I can just... Yeah, I'll go that that, So you're okay? I'm fine. Okay. Don't, I, know you're, don't know what you're moaning about, lads. I think I've got a Super Nintendo in the world. Do you use, do you use, do you use game? What? I do not do no game. Is this, the, is this the only headsets that you wear? No, they call a duty or anything. Like anyway, we've got seriously distracted there. But aye, I'd love to get that DVD, but it's no use to me. So Celtic sort that one out. Um, just going back to the European stuff as we finish off that section. So number of stats getting levelled at Celtic in terms of their failings inverted commas. I think one doing the rounds and Gordon Strachan repeated it was that we've had fifty four attempts on goal in our four games, seventeen of which were on target, but only two goals. So that's fine. My, my general response to that is that I'd be more concerned if that 54 attempts on goal was 18 or something like that and there was five on target, blah, blah, blah. We're creating chances, we're getting opportunities against very, very good sides. And actually, some you can do whatever you want with stats and I think some will levy that as a, a negative stat. I think it's quite a positive. Do you think Gavin gave him these stats before he went on here? Aye, absolutely. No doubt, is there? Just, Dad, I've got a yeah, couple here da, for you. Dad, Dad, go and tell him that. We're doing all right, really. Um, last question on this section. Two games remaining. We've got Shakhtar next Tuesday at Celtic Park and then Real Madrid at the start of November. What's your hopes and expectations, James, across those two games? What is if we get four, we can go over Shakhtar? Is that right? 
I, I, it's a serious stretch for us to get any European football, I think. We need to go and get something in the Bernabeu. In the Bernabeu. Yeah. I think we can get a draw in the Bernabeu. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Why not? Why not indeed? We're creating 54 attempts on goal and sometimes we're scoring a couple of them. What do you hope for over those two games? <laughs> well, I hope for it, but I don't think I'm going to get it. <laughs> I hope for two resounding wins. What do you expect to get in the two games? I think we'll be Shakhtar, but I think it's... I can't see us getting anything in the Bernabeu. What, I hope against hope that we do, but I can't see it. And what, what would be deemed success then? So obviously we've spoken about, you know, performances and points and goals and different things. But at the moment we're, we're one draw out of the four games. So w- what would be genuine success? Beating Shakhtar and losing as expected in the Bernabeu. Is that fine as long as we perform well? or It's more about what we've learned uh, in this tournament. So to say we did, we did go out on uh, four points. Well, I've learned that when you've got an opportunity sitting in front of you at Shakhtar away... Yeah, absolutely. And he, you know, demolished them. It was there on a plate for us, mm-hmm. and they were just a wee bit cautious. You know, being away in Europe, and that's maybe just still sitting in their heads. Just to play your game, take your chances when they come. I think the games against Leipzig, they were close enough. But even the game against Real Madrid at home, learning that you can get in behind these teams, create chances, and on another day, <laughs> on another three, four days, we could be sitting already qualified at this group and you know it's it's been that close a tournament for us but we're absolutely not and it's such slim margins at that level man. absolutely just take your chances that, that that's really the, the, the main lesson but to take, learn take the confidence the fact that you're in behind these yeah, teams I, absolutely I mean the Shakhtar game it's not even close yeah it's not even yeah. close I mean that second half it was an absolute pounding yeah but <sighs> The, the the bottom line is progress is measured in different ways is it then does the issue then become is it the strikers at that level that we need to upgrade if Kyogo Jakimakis aren't going to be taking the chances they're not the only ones that are culpable in that you know midfielders wingers whoever but these these are, that's all part of the, the lessons that you learn to say right well you know Domestically, Jack and Marcus and Kyogo are absolutely fine, but if we're, if we're serious about getting up that level, then that's when the coffers need to get dusted down. And it is that 15 million striker to take you to the next level rather yeah. than the 6 million Eredivisie top goal scorer? It's got to be the 15 million, I don't know, striker for the French League, Spanish League, whoever. Yeah. These are, these are, these are, that's what Ange is in, in there to, to, to strategise, you know, to, to, to make sure that we're, we're covered for the, the next phase. Yeah, you've got to be in mind that, you know, t- we could sign a fifty million pound guy because we've no longer got and not to cast up, but a director of fo- football that makes you sign three three million pound guys that deliver you no goals. Mm-hmm. You're much better to spend fifty million on one guy who's going to take you in to the next level of the Champions League and make your money back that way. And I think that's where the attitude's turning now. If you can sign Edward a few years ago for nine million, you can sign a guy today for fifteen million. I think we've evolved as a club to that level. Yeah, I've been a Yeti scored at the weekend, lads. Non-stop, bring two him and home. two goal machine um, the the final point I would make on this is that you mentioned James so we said we've got a very young squad barely any of them have played Champions League football Joe Hart has Jota I think played one, briefly one for Benfica Callum McGregor and James Forrest have got their experiences at Celtic that aside everyone across the board this is brand new you know brand new environment brand new pressure you've got guys like Maeda what's he 23-24 um, Jota himself is 23 Abad is 21 Hatati 24 young guys right across the board and they will all be so much better for the experiences and, and you know I include I include getting beat 3-0 by Real Madrid at home because as you say James they'll take confidence from the fact that yes we get beat but we get in behind the best team in the world on match day 1 when it, it really counted match day 6 might not count match day 1 is important they also show that they can compete away from home at Shakhtar at times against Leipzig as well and come this time in 12 months time a lot of them will have played at the Bernabeu as well which is as, as big as it gets in terms of European football so we will be better for the experience and I think it'll be really interesting to bookmark this chart just now and revisit it in 12 months time and see exactly where this squad find themselves and, and what levels they've got to and I mean I, you, you lads can tell me your own thoughts I'm fully behind Ange in terms of everything he's doing in Europe but disappointing on the nights individually fully behind what he's looking to do Absolutely, this is, this is what we've been yearning for is, is a plan, you know, rather than it being just being about each individual game at the time, you feel like the club are actually on a on a path towards trying to build something that's sustainable over a number of years, and Angie's a man to lead that, 
the biggest danger to Celtic is if Ange leaves for any reason. But as you know, because he, he is he's the he's the the cornerstone of the whole thing. So yeah, I'm I'm fully fully on board with Ange just fully on board. Yeah, I mean if you just look at the very basic premise, are we a better team today than we were twelve months ago? We absolutely are. What's kind of been overshadowed is what's as well about it's like see slotting in guys like Haksabanovic and, and Bernabe like seamlessly into that team that's not easy mm. you know to have a to have a squad that brings in two very impactful players and to get the best out of them the way we've been doing the last few games that's a huge accolade and it's shown that if we keep doing that and squads will evolve and all that kind of stuff you're able to bring these guys in and maintain your, your levels or even take them up a notch. And I think that we're up a notch. Yeah, it's exciting times. And we've also got a couple of other players, you know, likes of Abelgaard still to find his feet. We don't know yet what Gucci's really going to bring to the party as well. So good and, you know, prospect have been a lot better moving forward. So let's revisit this 12 months time, lads, if, if we're all still pals. On Saturday, we face Hearts at Tynecastle in match day 11 of the Scottish Premiership. It's always a tough game for Celtic there and we famously lost our first league game under Ange there back in July of last year. However, my Hearts have suddenly slipped to 7th in the table, albeit it's pretty tight, but 7th is 7th. Uh, and they've taken a couple of heavy defeats in Europe. They lost 5-1 to Fiorentina on Thursday. What will also be really interesting about this, this will be Celtic's first VAR game in the Scottish Leagues. It could be anything. I don't know what to expect from that. No, no. The, the way that it's been rolled out seems to have been done um, fairly unorganised. It has been unorganised, should I say. Um, yeah, just another element to add to the madness that is Scottish football. I think um, it would have been interesting to see what VAR would have said to a few Steve McLean's decisions in, in, in Saturday there. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen, Tencastle's a really tough place to go. Really tough place to go, albeit that Last time we went there, the first 45 minutes we, we played, we were excellent. However, the second 45 minutes we were dire. We, we could, game, could yeah. very easily yeah. have um, ended up drawing that game at a really critical point in the season. So, yeah, must win game. Saturday morning, was it 12, half 12? Half 12. Jeez, man. Um, but, yeah, like, like, like I always say, it's just really dependent on what version of us turns up. If we, if we go up there and play our football, great. But, Hearts will certainly make it difficult for us. Yeah. So the last game there, James, that Miff is referring to was a 2-1 win in January. Uh, Rayo had had scored that long-range wonder goal and Jack Amakis kind of back you flick the second. Would VAR have given it? Interesting question. I mean, you could look further back. That first game where Ange lost. Would Cel VAR have given it? Celtic had a Obviously, goal, in inverted commas, from Abada. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. But Bo Boys missed a penalty. Boys missed up in and not only did it hit the post, it hit the inside of the post and rolled across the back mm. of Joe Hart. I shudder when I think of that one because that would have seriously derailed crucial, the, yeah, the title yeah. ambitions. So it could have made it to each in the night, but Celtic held off and it was a nervy 2 1 in the end up. So we know how tough it can be going to Tynecastle. Um, do you expect it to be any easier this time around, James, given their current uh, form issues? Nah, I mean, if one thing Hearts do is get themselves motivated for this game you know Tynecastle against us um, it's, it's one of their cup finals of the season kind of thing so no they'll, they'll be well up for it and it'll be a tough tough game um, but we're starting to hit form ourselves obviously a bar load of goals on Saturday there so I'm almost saying it every week now it's set up for Haksabanovic aye that's he's the kind of guy who can really change games like that what about the fact Miff, that Hearts have got the the best goalkeeper on the planet hands down in their ranks he seems to have got a hell of a lot better for his Celtic. Aye, but he can't, just cannot distribute the ball at all, full stop. Never a modern goal in his life. I'm just so fed up of hearing how amazing he is. And as it's since he left, it's almost like I told you so Celtic. It's of like it is. ramming it down our throats. They'll scour the world for guys that used to play for Celtic that are doing all right. Yeah, he's a good shot stopper, but far from the finished article. Um, but yeah, the, the area sorts, you know, the... The form and the European stuff, obviously, it's a different level for them, but they're they're very up and down at the moment. Well, I, I know, for my sins, I know a good few Hearts fans, and they were all bemoaning the fact that they didn't feel the squad was properly invested in. If everybody's fit, they're starting to learn decent, but they knew they'd be fighting in a lot of fronts this season, and they didn't feel that the proper investment had went in the squad. And then, not long after that, Halkett and Boyce both get injured, who would be two of their absolute mainstays in the team. So... I think that's been been part of the issue for them. Young young lad Nielsen's come in at centre half and actually played with, with credit, albeit he ended up getting sent off in the home game against Fiorentina. Um, 
always a difficult opponent to play at, at Tynecastle. Um, and then the lad Humphreys that they've brought in. He's a powerful boy, he's, he? he's a very physical presence, so it'll be interesting to see how, how our centre-halves cope with that, because given that the, the template in, in defeating us this season has been the St Mirren template, and, you know, getting, being direct and getting balls into, into, into the box. So, tough, tough afternoon awaits, but it's it's up to us and how we approach it and what we do. If we play our football, then, then I, I expect us to win. Yeah, I think Humphreys looks a good player. I think he hit the post and scored against Fiorentina, and he looks a real handful. So that'll be a challenge for Carter Vickers and probably Jens, who who's likely to start. Um, in terms of that form, James, they haven't won in five games, so they've had four losses and a draw. And obviously, as mentioned, Fiorentina's amongst them and different things. But the to your point, they'll see this as a good an opportunity as any to try and turn that form around. Yeah, and you know, Tynecastle and the fans at Tynecastle, you know, it's it's a a very bitter place shall I say um, you shall and that raises the tempo and the players as players should respond to that and you know pick up their form I, th- I still think we'll win well, we'll come to numbers I suppose towards the end of the show but I, th- I think we'll win relatively comfortably I'm going to come to numbers right now alright geez it 4-1 4-1 comfy enough victory about Tynecastle 2-1 Celtic that's your favourite it's slightly pessimistic it's like I will win but I'll be it's, it's, it's as negative as you can possibly positively be I was 3-1 at the weekend so he's a top man I think Celtic so I think Celtic will win I'll be going to Celtic man we've got to win he's as, James Wee's he's after the event I said 5-1 but it was 6-1 no I mean geez peace geez peace I'm going 3-0 Celtic I think Saturday will have done as a world of good in terms of confidence and the the six goals were coming you know we've been missing or passing up various opportunities to get the goals and I think we'll now have a, a Jack and Marcus hungry to add to his tally and you know Haksabanovic and different guys keen to make their point so I'm going to go for 3-0 on the day Muff, we're in your hometown on Wednesday. I'm saying we, I'm not going, but you're going. Yes, I'm going. Um, so obviously before Hearts, we faced a short trip to Fir Park to play Motherwell, and that's the quarter-final of the Premier Sports League Cup. Like Hearts, Motherwell, I think there's only a point between them on the table. They're on very mixed league form. They had that 5-0 away one at Ross County a couple of games ago, sandwiched in between three or four defeats, so they're, they're very up and down. They were alright at the weekend against a, an average Rangers side is what I would say. They were stuffy but never really brought much in terms of creativity. We're, yeah, we were talking about that. Probably the, the hungrier team but just they've not got a lot of quality in their squad. It's simple as that. Yeah. Miff, your hometown team, team how are they going to do? Um, I, I suspect Celtic won the game. I'm going for 2-0 for that game. They'll be delighted <laughs> Why to not 2-1? Because um, I don't think Mother will score. I thought quite a... They've they only scored three goals at the first part of the season. They've oh, not scored goals. D- yeah. Depending ah, on the team, Motherwell play. What, what I will say is Van Veen's the type of striker that will give us problems and the fact that he's physical, Motherwell will be direct. But no, I, I suspect a, a 2 0 victory. Um, well, it's played, listen, you know, I think the Celtic players will be looking forward to the game, played in beautiful surroundings. Um, you know, it's the type of game that they'll be able to get themselves up for pretty easily. You drive up there, Bulls Road, and you see the Muirhouse Tours in the background. It's it's quite a beautiful sight. <laughs> I mean, from Stevie Hamill's point of view, right? He's obviously quite new in the the hot seat at Motherwell. It's kind of a shot to nothing. So quarterfinals, they're at home. They're not expected to beat Celtic, and they might just go for it. And and why not? That is it. You know, we, we saw against County as well. You know, we played County in the league and League Cup in quite close succession. They were two totally different games. You know, a team's attitude very much changes when it's cup football. Particularly when you know your your league form is is suffering, a cup run can aid your league form. But it's also the you know the big targets for these kind of clubs. It's it's stay up, maybe get a cup run, maybe win a cup. You know that that's your your real ambitions kind of thing. So it it will be different. Even if you compare their game yesterday to how it will be Wednesday, they'll they'll be far more up for it because it's it's a cup game. So will be a tough enough game, like you say, Van Veen, but Carl Vickers back. That's starting to settle down. Jens, as I said before, I think Jens and CCB will be your set and a half pairing, and that's no slight on Starfield. I just think they're they're playing well together, um, and and should do until that changes. Yeah, I've mentioned this, but what I really like about Jens, and there's several examples from the weekend, there is his willingness to pass through the lines. So rather than playing the safe pass to his fellow centre half or his fullbacks, he's willing to go straight to Haksabanovic 
you know, or, or whoever's out on the right hand side. And it's what starts a lot of Celtic at- attacks at this moment in time. Less possible at first part, given, you know, tighter dimensions and stuff. But as a centre half pair, and I think they're starting to, you know, they've only played together a handful of times, Cattle yeah. Vickers and Jens, and hopefully that'll, you know, kick on and, and bear fruit. I'd mentioned earlier on there that the League Cup is obviously the first trophy and won with that 2-1, your favourite scoreline, win over Hibs uh, last, when was that, December, 20th of December? Of December. No, December, early December, not Something like that. Um, so he won't be in the mood to give up that trophy lightly. You know, it's it's the least important trophy that we'll go for, but it's still important. Absolutely. The way that the club's mindset is you just need to win every game. So if he comes away from Fir Park not having won, it's more noise, it's more questions to answer about his methods and, and things like that. Judging by the fact he already appears to be quite tired of those types of questions, I think he'll just want to keep winning for as long as he can. So um, the the fact remains he will put out a team that he feels is capable of winning whilst being mindful of the workload that the squad has and we, we trust him to get that right. Yeah. James, do you expect to see much rotation with Tynecastle in mind or will he be reluctant to rock the boat too much? It's interesting because we saw a lot of rotation on Saturday there and, you know, quite a few guys were out, you know, bemoaning uh, the starting 11. I think there will be rotation from that. Maybe Forrest doesn't start again, but foreign player, you know, versus Abada, who's just a wee bit off the boil. Um, depends, is Jota dropping out for one more? You know, is it too tricky to bring him back in? There's a there's a whole squad there. I think we'll see a level of rotation, but maybe the other way. There was guys who didn't start on Saturday. You might have expected, and and they might might start on Wednesday. The whole thing is there's so many games in this tight period. You know, until the World Cup, there's going to be rotation in every single game. You'd be very hard pressed to see the same two starting elevens, two Celtic games running. So yes, is the answer where it is. You might be Taylor coming back in for Burnaby, but Burnaby probably should be encouraged to, to keep going so things like that yeah there was a time not too long ago where you could more or less call at least 10 of the 11 of Celtic starting line up and there was maybe one or two up for debate whether it was a striker or a, a winger or whatever very hard to do so now and it's a it's a wise man that predicts a team without any inside knowledge my goalie my two centre halves are, are locked in the rest is you know fairly interchangeable you know it depends if he goes for O'Reilly in the six again which probably will so even if you said goalie two centre halves and O'Reilly it could be either the left-backs, could be either the right-backs. I'd be more than happy with that. It could be either striker. Depends on where Jota is. Depends where you want to put Haxabanovic, but he's going to be starting somewhere. There's a lot of flexibility in this squad. Yeah, and a lot of good options as well. It's mm. not, you know, there's having options and there's having good options. Been given options. And at the moment, yeah. we're in the latter. So, James Miff is called 2-0 for this one. What's your scoreline prediction? one each Celtic on penalties. <laughs> what are you going with? 4-0. Score four now. Score early, and that just suffocates things a wee bit. So right, so four nil, Muddle and four one V Hearts. Four 0 to Celtic against Muddle. Uh, uh, yeah, they've got us flying, and Miff's got two one V Hearts and two 0 V Muddle. And I've got three 0 V Hearts, and I'm going to stick with my three 0 V Muddle. I don't think Muddle can can live with Celtic um, at this moment in time. So hopefully, uh, by a couple of results, and it's important. It's, it's a, Interesting to find ourselves without European football all of a sudden. It's felt like we've had that every other week and now there's a, a wee break and it just allows us to focus and just regroup a bit and, and get a you know a stronghold on what we're doing domestically. Murph, busy old show tonight, plenty covered, but what's your final comments for the week? It's just good to see the team back to a level of form that you're more accustomed to. A home game at Celtic Park, just, you know, the, the team found a rhythm very early. You could tell just by the way they started the first few minutes the, they, they were up for it. Um, Haxabanuch helped a great deal in, in that. He he was the spark. So, uh, more of the same, please. Any final words on James Forrest? I know you've had a lot, but just to, to no, sign I, this I, one off. I would imagine he'll feature at some point in either of the games. Um, and again, just more of the same, please, Jamesy. Fair enough. James, your own final thoughts for the week? Yeah, pretty much that. You know, it's we're, we're back to where we have been expecting to be in the last few weeks. You know, it's been just post Mirren if you like we've been waiting for it to drop and it's, it's, it's dropped back in now now it's about the consistency so you know two big wins in these two games will, will go a long way to, to securing that 
yeah definitely so Celtic have a short break from European duty this week but it's a busy one domestically with those away trips to Fur Park and Tynecastle to look forward to the boys will be full of confidence after firing six past Hibs and I think there's every chance we're going to see assist number 100 from James A. Forrest in the days ahead remember you can currently enjoy your pre and post match shows for free so be sure to check those out before and after the Motherwell and Hearts games this week and to visit the celticexchange.supercast.com for more details. But in the meantime, from all of us here, thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon. Network.